0: Trade time is starting to heat up in the AFL at the moment and you often start to hear big numbers spoken about in terms of potential trades which led us to think about how young self-employed people who are making good money should start to look at their finances. Hope you enjoyed today's episode.
1: Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor and if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show.
0: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. I'm Zach Masters and today as always, I'm joined by Pete Pennycock from Picarda and Anthony Malvaso from AGM Advisory Group. How are we going, gents?
1: Feeling good. Feeling uh, pretty pumped.
0: What about you, Anthony. Big day for you. The
2: Lakers game one, mate. It's all happening. Gave the keys to the old place back completely in the new play in the new building. Feel like uh, AD going to the Lakers. Just absolutely demolished them. And Saturday. <laughs> Saturday the, the Lakers game two is on at eleven o'clock, at eleven a.m. And the dogs are playing at three p.m. So definitely, a, definitely there'll be no work on Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah, AFL finals are kicking it off. Um, have you got a tip for who's going to take it out? Uh,
2: I think a uh, Lakers doggies multi should be good. <laughs> what
0: about you, Pete?
1: Uh, I just forgot there was AFL on. Year, I actually didn't think there was any AFL now. I'd say the Lakers would win. I think that looks good. Um, probably the presidential election sort of captured a bit of a, a, bit of a headspace in the past 24 hours or so. Did you watch the debate? Uh, I couldn't sit through all ninety minutes. Oh, <laughs> I was I a mess. I've probably watched about I don't know in total in different snippets about thirty five minutes I would say of the the ninety minutes, and a lot of it was almost inaudible. Uh, cause they're just sort of um, speaking over each other like a bunch of sort of drunk people shouting across a bar. Including, um, the, moderator, uh, including
2: the
1: moderator, he was getting into it as well. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, well, it's definitely like definitely interesting and that's obviously sort of captured a lot of the mainstream media but yeah if that's um if we've got to go through what to sit through another two of them before the uh, the election wow um i don't know if i'm sort of ready for that. i'm gonna have to sort of um i don't know put my, give myself a couple of vinos or something just to calm the nerves before that's uh, pretty intense
0: yeah i think they're gonna surely have to change the way they go about it in the next few because um I don't think anyone was overly happy with the mess that that was. Um, well,
1: it just, just didn't answer any questions for the American people. That's the whole point of it. To so sort of here's, here's a stage like where you can actually sort of answer the questions that people are on the, or on people's minds mm. to try and help them make an informed decision. I don't know. I don't know, don't know if many people walked away too much more uh, informed than what they sort of went in there with. Well. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, know, comedy, the comedy, the uh, comedy circuit's gonna have a good field day with it, though. So.
2: <laughs> I was just gonna say, I don't know if they, that this was a joke that the comedians were saying, or it was off the news, news, uh, news like a broad, broadcast. Apparently, the passport lines were out the look
1: were unbelievable today <laughs> in the US.
2: Like everyone's like, "This is the country, I'm out."
1: Surely not. Surely people aren't responding to the. <laughs> they did nothing new. They thought surely that didn't tip them over the edge. Um. But yeah. You know. Just sort of. Um. You know. People fleeing. Karen from Brighton's off to Queensland. <laughs> she's as she's well. gone. Yeah. I know. She's escaped. So big loss. Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty shattered. I think. Sort of. As Victorians, we're sort of a little bit <laughs> worse off as a result. So. um Yeah. I sort of. I don't know how to take I'm sort of a little bit flat uh, with that news. <laughs> yeah. That's. No, uh.
0: It's not good. But I. I don't blame her. I wouldn't mind going up to the Gold Coast at the moment or getting out for a bit of. a <laughs> Bit of sunshine and. Can walk outside
1: in five kilometer radius. Yeah, one of my uh, good mates who's up there. He's uh he's got a fair fair rig on him at the moment, so he's I've uh, been training hard and he's always oh, he jumping go to the, the gym. Yeah, yeah he's, just, he's going to the gym playing basketball. <laughs> he's looking looking fit. Uh, unfortunately, he goes for Miami heat, so he's probably he's licking his wounds today. But um <laughs> still, yeah, feeling you know, the sunshine is a good thing. So um and I know we've been in training for the JP Morgan Challenge that we're participating in. Just going to be really tearing up the turf. Uh, I know Zach you've been sort of doing some big time trials there um,
0: I did two runs last week and then I haven't done anything since
1: so. yeah, yeah we don't usually use a lot of acronyms <laughs> but you've, you've been talking about PB, PB, PB every day yeah. Which is fantastic it's, right? um,
0: it was a very low bar to set at the start So it's easy to get a PB when you're, you're that low at the start
1: Still, I've started using that RunKeeper app And it keeps telling me this is the most active you've been in years And I'm like oh great <laughs> this, is a, this is the best week you've had ever And I'm like yeah. wow Really low base. So this like a corporate games. Is this like a corporate games? Ah, uh, is a run that usually takes place in like all over the world, but in Sydney and Australia. So um, now that it's a virtual one, um, they've really opened the floodgates and they've sort of um, got us on board. Um, they've heard I'm probably easy to beat and sort of make it like you know lift you up the ladder by inserting me in the time trial below you. Uh, so they've sort of got got me on board there. Um, so yeah, big shout out to the guys at JP Morgan for getting us involved in that. It's nice to get out and stretch the legs And yeah, my knees are a bit sore So I'm going to need some glucosamine Or I don't know what goes into helping these these knobbly knees that I've got <laughs> Well,
0: um, on the line of athletes, I guess is a good segue to,
1: to kind waiting of make, for that this <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Is that obviously at the moment we're in the middle of um, well, AFL trade starts to Ramp up sooner than ever. Um, so you often start to hear, you know, big numbers spoken about in terms of potential deals, and a lot of these players often quite young, so early twenties, um, in their twenties, and it led us to start to think about um, young, self-employed people on high incomes and what potentially they should be doing, because you often hear, you know, a lot of stories about um, potentially some athletes and creatives we're talking about as well like musicians and things like that that have um, potentially done well um, not necessarily have the best financial guidance and then um, hit some hit some trouble later on in life so I guess on today's episode we're going to talk about some ways in which you can kind of avoid that and for people that are in this circumstance um, or people that know people in these circumstances how they can um, make the most of it whilst it's it's going I guess and set themselves up for the future so I guess I might Start with you, Anthony, I guess, why is it important for self-employed, high-income earners to start looking at their finances as soon as possible?
2: Well, it's the old saying, you want to strike while the iron's hot. You want to set yourself up with the right foundations, where if you've got a lot of income at a younger age and it's quite new, you're going to gonna be open to a lot of ideas. So you can be led down the wrong path, not the garden path, a lot, lot easier than when you're older and wiser, hopefully. But you've definitely got. Uh, you can set yourself up where you've got a lot of options if, if that situation that has given you great, great cash flow and a great income at that stage. And we were speaking about athletes or footy players. Generally, they've got a ten-year, uh, 10, five to ten-year uh, year time frame where they've got a big capacity. Uh, LeBron James. Yeah. yeah, where they're <laughs> earning a lot. What a lot of us are earning in a lifetime. And you can see you can see the stories of it, you know, who who really capitalised or you know just planned for life beyond these uh, these situations, and the ones who didn't. And there's some tragic stories. A documentary in the ESPN Thirty for Thirty uh, path is called Broke. It is, is all about this, and that's that, that's about mainly US athletes that have tremendous wealth that just it can go wrong so easily. And that you can relay the same plan. Can, you know, you got more people at you. You know, you're open to more ideas, but it's definitely you want to set the right foundation and get the right right print, the right plans in place at a younger age when you've got that
0: capacity. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a good point you made. Yeah, you need to make hay whilst the sun shines. So making sure that you're um, squirreling away money whilst it's coming in and um, coming in 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 good quantities. You need to make sure that you're planning for the future because other things are going to start to happen as well, like potentially. Um, you know, you might be at the peak of your earning power, as you said before, it's not going to last forever. Um, maybe even you get used to a certain lifestyle at that income level. So when it drops, like how are you going to deal with that and, and things like that? But is there anything else, Pete, that um, are reasons for why high income earners that are young should start to um, look at their finances early?
1: Uh, from a greed perspective, I think you, you want to get the magic of uh, compound interest working as, as soon as you possibly can. So. At the end of the day, like you're working hard for your money. The the aim of any good investment strategy or wealth creation uh, plan is to have your money working hard for you. And that's the, the key. You need to put your money to work. Uh, and to do that, you need to get it out of your hands and stop spending it. Um, and I think you mentioned it before, the word lifestyle. Um, the seduction of when you come into money quickly and you're not used to it is lifestyle creep. So you start to... Enhance your lifestyle, you start to you know, wear better clothes, drive better cars, uh, live in a better house, eat better food, eat at different restaurants. So, all your expenses just ratchet up. So, even though the, you know, um, you know, the income level is rising, your expenses are sort of potentially rising at an even greater rate than what your um, income is. Uh, and then you sort of got to factor in tax, and that's a you know, trap for sort of young players out there that you've got to think about what actually lands in your pocket um how much are you sort of what's coming in what's going out it's pretty rudimentary simple stuff but most people get it wrong most people spend too much that's the if you can sort of get that in check and get it done early i think that's the foundation to success right there because you can create habits just like if you're if you're running a business like you're self-employed you're a creative you're um, you've got a talent um that's in demand you're an athlete You've obviously been very good at repeating something over and over again. You've built a habit, you've trained for a skill. Do that with your money, yeah it's the same thing, and it requires work. just thought, you know, we don't click our fingers and we're magic at sort of managing money. Um, you know I recall back um back in the early days of sort of when I first got like a full time proper paying job and um oh Anthony, you were around then as well, so you'd, you'd look at it and go, "I felt like." I was earning far more than I did because I had no perspective of like, what is, what does this actually mean? Cause my expenses were so low. So I felt like I had all this uh, income. So then you get, you go, Oh, wow. What could I have done with that money? Instead of bought that round of uh, Jager bombs yeah, for everyone in the bar at $10 a pop and two trays of them. Cause I'm a superstar hero idiot. Um, yeah. all that sort of stuff. You go, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So I think that's the sort of lesson that I would sort of, and I wasn't, I wasn't earning at the sort of level that any of the people you might be referring to are, but it still felt like that and I know I could have banked a hell of a lot more and no one, I wouldn't have been any the wiser from a lifestyle perspective. Would have had just as much fun if someone had have taken $500 bills out of my back pocket because we were still using cash at the time. So, you know, If someone had have kept taking that out of my pocket every week or something, just put it in a, you know, even a Index funds, you know, or something like that. Great. Compound, compound, compound. Here I am today. I don't know, just probably doing the same thing I'm doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, so you speak- yeah. You spoke a lot about um, cash flow planning there. And then you think that's the main topic of advice or areas that people like this should be looking into, or are there other areas as well?
2: Definitely other areas, but that's where it starts. As Pete just, we've all spoken about. It doesn't matter what's coming in if it's all going out. It doesn't matter. I remember, just watching uh, two and a half men years ago, and the and the accountant, the dodgy accountant, is telling Charlie he's spending all his money. He's got the water bottle, and it's just he's ripped out the bottom, and it just comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I was a two and a half men.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, when you're moving, you watch different things. Um, but <laughs> it's that's the foundation because if you can get that right, then you you've got a budget, and you can really allocate cash to different institutions, start planning for a first home, you know, some, some uh, a portfolio, an investment portfolio of some sort, and then you can allocate expenses away. It all starts from cash flow, but you really want to start looking at, okay, when do I want to buy my first home, or if you do, um, and what sort of investments do I want to look at, but it all starts with the cash flow and budgeting. I think we're going to look at things to stay away at a later point in this podcast, but there's, it's generally just like, like everyone, you know, you, you get your savings, you manage your budget, look at a property, look at some, look at a share portfolio and then go from there. But that's probably where you can start.
0: Uh, do you agree with that, Pete? Or is there other areas um, potentially that you'd look at as well?
1: Uh, Cashflow is king. Well, like, if you get that right, you're halfway home, to be honest. Like if you can just get into the habit of, as your income expands, save more than you spend. There's, you know, um, that's, yeah, that'll set you up for a wondrous amount of success. Uh, and that applies to all people in life. Um, and I know it's sort of not easy in Australia to sort of rip a $100 bill in half, but I know sort of Shaq's famous for it of like what he learned early on. And I think he sort of, you know, he's had a lot of really good advice and saved a lot of money and invested quite well. Um, he, he sort of rips up $100 bills and goes, you know, that's my spending my play money. And this is my, you know, that's what I invest for my future self. And I think what is important for these people other than cash flow is to understand the difference between a lifestyle asset so an asset that's something that you own and you have physical ownership over it, but doesn't produce anything, doesn't grow in value necessarily, or that's not the main purpose for it, and an investment asset. Um, So something that's going to sort of grow in value, deliver you passive income in the future when you're no longer wanting to or able to earn at the same rate that you were. And I think that's the uh, that's the key. If you can focus on building investment assets, like high quality ones. And I think the first thing to do is, you know, get a couple of real assets that you know tangible, so you so you see them, feel them. create that sort of bond, perhaps. Uh, especially there's a lot of power in owning your own home, which Anthony mentioned. You know, where you go. Worst case scenario, I've got a roof over my head that's paid, fully paid off, and don't sacrifice that once you've got there. Um, but then other things like building those those income. Uh, sources for the future for investing in growth assets like shares, property, um, you know, and they'll have access to a variety of different things, but they're the sort of common ones because at some point you're going to want to turn on the tap. And at the start, just keep, let it compound. You don't need the income. Don't take the rent. Just let it go back, you know, either pay off debt or go into another investment or if you shares just, you know, reinvest it and sort of buy other stuff. Um, I think that if you can get into that sort of um, habit, that's a really, probably one of the most important things that i think people can do early because if you do it time and the just the growth of assets and sort of uh real price of growth assets over time will appreciate and sort of you don't have to do the heavy lifting as much as you know these athletes might like to lift heavy weights probably don't want to do it financially that's all i'm saying
0: yeah no i definitely agree i think another thing that we haven't touched on is um, that i think's important too is making sure that you're getting the structure right that you're going to hold your investments in and your assets in um because we often say on the podcast you know you've got to start with the end in mind and start to plan um for potentially you know big capital gains going into the future and whilst in the future you might be earning the same amount so um, you need to factor that in and go is it best in my personal name is it best in do i look at a trust you know if i'm doing um an index fund or investments do i do an investment bond at the company tax rate. If I know I'm going to hold it for more than 10 years, um, potentially then get it tax-free at the end. Like all these types of things um, I think you should potentially be looking at. Do I contribute yeah. to super? Because I'm likely not going to be having, you know, normal superannuation guarantee. Go into super and I can get the tax deduction from it as well. So all these different types of things. And um, how do you, how
1: do you, how does someone figure that out? Though? like, How do you get the balance right between those structures? Is it- is it obvious or is it, like, how does how does one um, work through that process?
0: Well, it's not always obvious because I think you've got to um, try and uh, visualise what the future is going to look like for you as well, um, which is often quite hard to do because when you're, you know, potentially going to be causing the tax headache, is going to be way into the future um, and you, you mightn't be able to tell what that looks like um, with any great certainty. I think you've got to just weigh up. What the potential options are, and on the basis of probability, which one's going to be best for you? Um, there is
1: tax cuts coming in the next next week's budget, isn't there? Is that- well, potentially. It's potentially That's potentially.
0: Um, <laughs> I've heard rumours there's a big course, income tax cut coming. Um, uh, but yeah, I think like even stimulate. whilst like you know we often talk about super um, can be a long way away too for for young people as well. Sometimes just the fact that you're on the highest marginal tax rate and you're able to get a deduction for it. It means it makes can start to make quite a bit of sense to just start to to get a superannuation account run up and running and um, a, things like that. Nothing is different, is as well.
1: It's massive. like you know you could have given you know forty five cents the ATO. Um, yeah. So instead, I'd give them fifteen. That's okay.
0: Yeah, and then the rest
1: it. of it's for your future self. And I think I'm always yab, you know, yapping on about flexibility, accessibility, liquidity, and they're. Mm. Yeah. If you think of if I was ever building a tripod, that's probably the things I'd construct it with. There's something to be said for not, it's for creating things that are hard for you to get access to when yep. you've got the temptation and whether it's, you know, even at a simplest level, like a, a long-term turn deposit or something like that, or like the investment bond you mentioned where there's a pen 10, well, not really a penalty, but there's you miss out on some of the benefits if you access it early, you want to sort of, if you're not great at managing money and we're not, not a lot of us are, um, you need to create sort of pain for yourself and sort of hurdles. Um, but hopefully the Australian government doesn't open up for you so you can get access to your super health. But um, enough on that, because we've half on about that over and over again. Hopefully I don't do it again in January. Um, yeah. So well, I don't know. There's something to be said for super and having to wait a little bit, cause at least you know, it's there. Like, and, yeah you know, if you're thinking of people that are starting out their endeavors and they're you know successful in early in life, and even this applies to windfall games like if you come into money through an inheritance or um a win, I know we've got sort of um Melbourne Spring Carnival coming up. you might hit the sort of what is it the quaddy or the first four or something on cup day and you know set yourself up for life um I don't know I don't know if it's that big but um <laughs> But any of those sort of things i think that's the uh, the key to it's nice to know you've you screwed it away and it's for your future self um and mm. it's just sort of going prioritizing your future self at different points because we all like to gratify ourselves in the moment um, yeah and i'm guilty of that as well but you know think of your future self you, they're a much more mature sensible got a few battle scars you know, life story yeah you know Think of them as well at times so though. I think it's getting that balance right is pretty important.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we've spoken about a little bit about what um, people in these positions should potentially be looking at. But one of the most common traps that you can see um, for young people who either come into a, a fair bit of money or are on um, very good incomes, Anthony, and how can they avoid those?
2: Well, on top of what we've spoken about, you a lot of the a lot of the people we're talking about, they're like like everyone else, it's just what they can what they can accomplish can happen at a much more faster rate and what they can what they can throw away can happen a lot quicker as well so they can just speed up the process if you can get the foundation right of what we were just previously thinking about you know you you do your growth assets like your property and your stocks and then you, you obviously budgeting and cash flow if you can get that right then you can start looking at you know alternative investments such as, you know, investing in that wine venture or, you know, the clothing line. And we're talking about young athletes. You hear them all the time investing in pubs and, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, clothing lines, as I made, just mentioned, whereas if that doesn't, if you haven't got that foundation right and you're relying on that, it can all blow up. And that's, as I'll refer it again, anyone who wants to watch that ESPN documentary, it's, it's the power of what it makes you look at if, how quick they can throw away money or lose money in many different ways you definitely want to make sure you've got your foundation set up, but want we'll to stay away from those get rich, rich quick schemes and anything like that, which we have spoken about in recent weeks. Um, and then you're going to get offered a lot of things if you're in a position where you're gaining networks and you've got a lot of cash flow. You're generally going to build, you know, you're going to have people at you where you want to. You're going to get offers.
1: On, you know, the definitely. more money you have, the more offers and opportunities exactly. you get. And I think the the most wealthy people and the most successful investors the art of saying no is and not getting seduced by the glitzy shiny new thing that's half the battle because like, it is I don't know it is sexy it is like exciting oh wow this like this could be anything it could be the next Amazon was- the next Google whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not all of these unicorns and things like that don't always sort of uh, go into those sort of that stratosphere
0: I think, um, Anthony made another good point there too. That potentially like their, their idea of money. Um, the concept of money can be, um, pretty different than someone else who works, you know, in a slightly different, um, normal nine to five style, um, job. And then in the future when, you know, those big incomes stop coming in and different things like that, it's, it's hard to go back down and therefore, you know, start to live outside your means and lifestyle creeps already crept in and, how are you going to keep that going in the future and without you know, potentially eroding all of those savings you've had in the past uh, as well?
2: Yeah, the last thing I was just going to add was probably one thing you want to avoid is, with, we sort of touched on it, is going into business with people you know that you're not sure they're coming, where they're coming from. A lot of people get you know, coerced into investing with a family member or a friend or someone as we're talking about building your networks. A lot of people go into business with even family members and it can turn out tragic. So Yeah, like Arby on tequila. That was a,
1: you know, Turtle did quite well over that, yeah. didn't he? That's,
2: that's, the, that's the exception. Generally, there's a lot of the rules that, uh, that miss out on those sort of adventures.
0: Uh, 100%. Is there anything else that you've done in there, Pete, in terms of common trucks that you think uh, people like this should, should try and avoid?
1: Uh, I think they. I think the big one is the people that are around you. So who are you getting your counsel from? Um, so what does your echo chamber look like? Uh, I know you two gentlemen have watched the what is it, the social media documentary. So yeah, you, know, you hear what you want to hear because yeah. that's what they want you to hear. Um, and I think that happens with people around you. You get a lot of uh, yes people that are like yeah and yeah because it's it's easy. Like it's much easier to spend someone else's money um, than your own. <clears throat> Much easier to risk someone else's money than your own. So, you've got these people that have a um, less skin in the game than what you have, and yeah, you know, and I haven't, well fortunately I haven't been in a position where you know, sort of, blown it all and ended up sort of having to start from scratch. But the stories that you read and you hear about with people that are happy to share this is, yeah, a lot of these people go missing um, when you sort of come out the other end, and they sort of like you don't have all the um, the lifestyle, the the funds to sort of keep supporting everyone else. So I think the, I think it's really important to get um, in like someone who's a little bit impartial um, who can sort of be a little bit removed and tell you stuff that you don't want to hear. Um, And that can be in the form of a professional paid advisor because then there's a professional relationship. It could be someone just a little bit removed from your immediate social network as well. Um, and for some people, it might be still be a family member, but it's like a, it's an uncle or it's a, you know, it's your grandmother or someone who's had experience and can offer you some counsel and some guidance because they've got some insights. So they've got a, a, something in their DNA that can help with that. Um, because, yeah, it's often the people closest to it that will be the biggest drain because you, you're going to want to help you. You're, you're most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you're a bloody good human being. So, yeah, it's in your like nature, that you want to sort of help support people, but that's gonna, you know, if you're thinking of back to Anthony's analogy of like the Charlie Sheen cup of, they're just there's holes getting poked in the bottom of your cup and the water is just sort of flowing out. Um, so I think that's a that's a pretty uh, key trap um, that happens as well. So, um, other than all the other stuff we've already spoken about, what about you, Zach? So, um, any uh, yeah. Anything that you could share that can help people sort of maybe they can sidestep these a little bit yeah, guidance?
0: I think you yeah, we touched on good points. As I said, the lifestyle creep I think is a big one and going this income, you need to be aware that this, you know, doesn't necessarily always last forever. Um, so you need to live within your means and um, even, you know, going back to the cash flow side of things, start to go or, you know, work off a, a much lower base in terms of your budget or cash flow while still enjoying, obviously, that you're working hard and you've been successful as well at the same time, um, but putting that money away so you're used to living on a certain amount because once it dries up, it's hard to then drop back to a different style of, of lifestyle um, as well. I think you raised a good point too. A lot of the time you hear um, potentially for uh, a lot of the athletes or musicians and things like that is that, oh, my, my manager looks after all of that. Um, you know, potentially my manager looks after that and they might be doing the best thing for you and have your best, uh, the best intentions. Um, but I think it's having that um, professional that's a bit external to your day-to-day operations and everything else a little bit removed, I think can be a big benefit as well, even if they're just there to, to question some of the strategies that are going on and, and ask the questions so that you've got um, the full picture and you can make your own mind up. Yeah, and, good. And it's good. It's a bit of an
1: about, audit function almost. Like, you know, you've got, yeah. you got, you got two different people who both have your best interests at heart. Sometimes I have different views and I think that's healthy. Like, you know, everyone's got different ideas and there's multiple ways to do
0: things. Well, you say, you often say, like, this is the reason why you don't do accounting or you don't do mortgage broking.
1: Yeah, that's Um, why. Because I'm also, I love those things. I just can't do it all, you know.
0: (laughs) But it is, it's a good, like, um, for clients, like, that's the thing that you would say, you often go, it's good to have, you have your accountant there, you have your financial advisor. So, you know, potentially, if you're looking to set up a new structure, you can, ask the accountant and the accountants a set removed. to going, yeah, I agree. I think this is the best, yeah. um, best way to go about it. Or, or they might say, you know, oh, have you thought about this? And you might go, oh, yeah, we thought about this, but this candidate for X, Y, Z. Yeah, I think Reason. you lose a
1: bit of efficiency that way though, like you do because there's things that flow as smoothly because you've got multiple um, stakeholders involved. But I think sometimes that's, a, that's an okay, that's a good investment to make because a little bit more time, a little bit more friction means maybe it gets done right and you avoid a, a big blow up or something like that
0: very much so um
1: so unless you've got anything else to add i might go on to the we could go on about perhaps you know, for a good hour like, <laughs> there things that could so go wrong things. my gosh yeah. how many things could there possibly be <laughs> so um yeah well, i don't know and i think the biggest i don't know people should invest in themselves as well because i think that's probably something they don't do enough yeah. you're the biggest asset you've got you yeah? know whoever you are out there I don't care if you've got this far in the podcast, probably you're doing pretty well for yourself. (laughs) Invest in yourself. Learn some other skills that are going to be transferable and not reliant on the current thing that you're doing. Uh, I think too often we, all of us are guilty of this. We become one trick pony. Um, And I'm I'm all for like enhance your skills, like invest in your best, like try and be the best at what you are greater. And we've all got something, you know, it might be, yeah, might be what you're employed to do, it might be some other sort of talent that you've got hidden. <clears throat> but it's also good to sort of build a bit, a bit of breadth. Um, and some of that money should go towards that. So whether it's, you know, picking up, uh, like, you know, enhancing your skill set just a little bit wider so you can, you've got life after whatever you're doing. Or even if it's just building your networks outside of the immediate, um, you know, if you're in a sporting club, don't just hang out with all the people in that are from the sporting club and you know go you know go speak to other people and i think um i I would engage people older than you who have done it before they'll have some great stories and they are that's the best lessons that you can possibly learn Uh, and that from from experience speaking to older financial advisors who've done this for years and decades before me um invaluable like the stuff even though it was, it's always different, like every decade, every sort of um, generation is different. But we all go through similar uh, issues, just sort mm. of with different sort of, uh, I don't know, different coverings. I was going to say masks, but then I don't know. I hate, hate the sort of mask at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, we might go on to
0: the mailbox question, man. So we've got a question in from Steph.
1: I've oh, got a, we've replaced speaks. the bag with a box. I like it. Good. Oh,
0: well, mailbag? Yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> happy with the box. <laughs> oh, well, upgrade.
0: <laughs> um, so, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm about to purchase my first home and I'm in the process of getting my loan sorted. Um, the mortgage brokers talked to me about an offset account. Is this worth having considering there are potential fees associated with having one? Um, so, Anthony, do you want to maybe kick us off on yeah. this one?
2: Well, congratulations on the first home and it's always an exciting time and it's... Uh... It's also a big, a lot of uh, stressful time because there's a lot of new, <laughs> new things that you have to take on. Um, not only the mortgage, then obviously there's areas like this. The offset account essentially just uh, whatever cash you've got in this account will offset any interest on the mortgage. At the start, it's you know small amounts, but as you build that up, it'll it'll save save you in the long run a great deal. Obviously, it depends on the loan you got, and you have to consider all the all the fees of different loans and the interest rates and so forth. But essentially, I've always thought if if it if it all fits, generally you should have it because it's, it can become your savings account. You can use, you can place all your cash flow in there. It'll offset non-deductible debt, and it'll pay. It'll take a lot years off off your mortgage if you do build that account up. Then you can use things like an interest-free credit card to, for your monthly expenses, and you can take money out of the more out of the offset account to pay the credit card. Essentially, it got more more. Um, Cash in the against the mortgage, paying less interest over the life of the loan. But again, you just want to check out what the all your options and just weigh it up. But the first, if you if it does, if it looks good, definitely do it. You yeah, no, you interest, is in the calc-
1: interest is calculated daily. That's why. So mm-hmm. that's why it's so important. Even if your salary's in there for, and you keep chewing down on it. And it's the highest, you know, at that sort of that Wednesday in the fortnight that we all look forward to. You know, oh, wow, know, yeah, this looks great. And then it sort of gradually looks a little bit less inspiring uh, sort of, you know, 13 days later. But, you know, that's a natural, like, uh, wave of things. Uh, uh, look, I think these are, I don't know. Like, I don't know why they're not mandatory. Probably because the banks don't want them to be. I don't know. I don't know. There might be some scandal or something like that, like big oil. I don't know. But these are and um, there should be in most lending packages. And I think this is uh, the key. If you're getting charged for an offset account, go speak to a broker because yeah. you probably shouldn't be getting charged for an offset account. Um, you're getting a really good lending package. And, you know, this is only me. I don't, I'm not a lending expert by any stretch. I don't know. I think, um, yeah, look, I don't know. Like when did I first have my loan? Did I have an offset account with it? Yeah, look, I I didn't. I don't think I've ever had a fee for it. I've had a, a lending package class where it sort of includes a credit card and a, like everything else. And then that's the only way you can get the really good discount on your loan. So it's sort of your ticket to play. Um, but yeah, look, and we did one, and there are some um, institutions that are more accommodating of people that are running bucket strategies for their cash flow as well, because one of the biggest difficulties with managing an offset account is as it gets really big, you start to lose, like we're talking about before, you lose touch with reality. You feel like it's your money and you can go, oh, yeah, I can go, like, I'm out. Or, yeah, us Victorians, like, when we're out in the future. Um, Oh, wow, my bank account's really big. I go spend a little bit harder because you just have that freedom. Whereas where it looks leaner, you tend to be more thoughtful with your purchases. So um, we did one earlier this week, actually. So uh, Kate, one of my... Uh, mortgage brokers helped out uh, one of our clients with. Uh, she's a barefoot investor sort of fan and has four buckets for her uh, cash flow. So, four offset accounts, no cost, um, which is really, really good. So, it works out really well. Got like the cool labels on them. So, we know what's what and where it's going. All of those are going towards um, offset and interest. So, from a habit forming perspective, right? So, I, I'll shop around. I'd say, like, I think the insure. More likely than not, the answer is going to be, yeah, you should have an offset account. The question is, we don't know what it costs. We don't know anything about Steph. They want to charge you thousands of dollars a year for it. Well, I don't know. Perhaps that offsets the, the benefit. More likely, it's going to be a couple of bucks a week or a month or something like that. So even if they are stinging you for that, um, well, I think it'd still be worthwhile. But if they are, go have a chat to a good sort of lending professional. They'll set you up with a really, really good loan that's fit for purpose and fit for you.
0: Perfect. Very, very good. Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for today's episode of the Wealth Collective podcast. Um, we'll have a big episode next week with the budget coming out, so it'll be a little bit earlier.
1: In it's going to come early. We're going to be pumped. We're going to be caffeinated. Yeah. I don't know a how many red balls week. I'm going to drink. <laughs> I'm on the uh, V blues. Anthony,
0: Anthony said he just got his new Nespresso machine working in the new place, so it will be getting the working out.
1: Got the we could all have podcast here one day. <laughs> the Ristretto, Ristretto Pods, just really sort of those number 10 intensities. So expect you to be fully wired next week, Anthony. So looking forward yes. to it. Um, as
0: always, if you've got any questions, email us at connect at Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.
1: See you all.